Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy Thursday out there, October 19, 2023. Big show on the way. It's the Gabe Coon Show. Welcome in. I am your host, Gabe Coon. On X at G underscore Coon 71. Former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman. I'm alongside, not Connor Dunning. He'll be back on Monday. Quick vacation for over the weekend. It's Brad Carson. Hey! Carson, Brad, how we doing? Uh, We are really good because we have football tonight, and we are just a week away, Gabe Kuhn, from the debut of a new season of Grizzlies regular season basketball. We sure are, but we have one more preseason game. Yeah, we do. Tomorrow. Big one. Against the Bucks. It's, uh, it's a big one. <laughs> a big one. It's a yeah. big preseason game. Hey, Weirdly listen. enough, like, I do kind it of agree with your sentiment of, there. There's some steak-ish type stuff going on there. I mean, we get a fifth starter, yeah. Marcus Smart, first action. Like, there's some things that are going to be very interesting to watch as opposed to the first four games in the uh, in the preseason. And people and think we're going to win, like, 50 games now. I don't know. I haven't seen the Bucks. Like, if they're going to sit down, Dame and Giannis, no. they might. But if they play, that'll be fun. That would be super fun if they play their starters. Um, But you're doing well. I'm doing very good. How is uh, it? Since I left the show last, you were a not married human. And now you're a married human. How's that treat? uh, Good. You look still refreshed and fun and young and Um, stuff. (laughs) Why, thank you. Yeah. Why, thank you. It hasn't Uh, taken it out of you yet. Doesn't feel any different. Good. Quite frankly, relationship-wise, so that's that's always good news. Well, that's very good. That means she after, loves after, you. Yeah, no, after eight years, you know. Y'all been together <laughs> a long time. That is, I mean, that is true. It, I didn't expect it to feel all that different. Yeah, but, hey. you, 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 the house, you're still there, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Good. 100%. Yeah, good. 100%. It's good to see you. It's good to be here today. I, I feel a lot more Glad refreshed. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Yeah, people are, are rocking and rolling around here. It's yes. fun. And we have three hours of talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM and yours. Truly. Yes, now, it's, it's um, courtesy of you. We're going to talk about Grizz preseason to open um, and talk about a fifth starter. Taylor Jenkins has commented a little bit. To be determined is what he has said about a fifth starter for tomorrow night's game, which I think a lot of people are looking as a, you know, whoever runs out there tomorrow could potentially be the starter come the 25th against the Pelicans. So we'll get to that. And also some NBA notes. James Harden, second second straight miss. Of 76ers camp, I don't know what he's thinking he's gonna do. Right. Like that, that's I. 
Clippers are not going to just make a move to make a move to get James Harden. They don't necessarily need him. Um, I think he's more valuable with the 76ers than he is with the Clippers. But we'll get to that. And also Victor Wembanyama last night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think the stat line looked all that good. 15 points, 6 rebounds, yeah, 3 for yeah. 10 for the field. But uh, there's one highlight that you just can't miss. Yeah. His one steal. This is he, great footage you showed the, me off the, the air. And then he and then he nutmegged it's Reggie beautiful. Bullock. At seven foot four, uh, it's it's mm. we'll 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 discuss as well as Tigers at UAB over the weekend, um, the positives, the negatives, how you should feel about it. I will bring that up here in the first hour. Take a trip around the NFL at five thirty. I talk a little Thursday night football. Small talk at five fifty. The Blitz. At 6.30, we have Jim Harbaugh in hot water. Yeah. Even more hot water. <laughs> it's always something with Harbaugh, isn't it? Michigan Wolverines are the Houston Astros. Can we? Are we, are we ready to go there? Or do we need, <sighs> well, we need more proof? We I, need more. I don't give him enough credit to be as smart invest- as the Astros were with their, with their cheating scandal. Yeah, we need more as far as an investigation is concerned. Yeah. But Michigan is accused of doing things illegal by the NCAA bylaws where they went in person to teams that were going to play during the regular season and teams that could potentially play in the college football playoff, and they're supposedly stealing signs. I yeah. mean, I, I, as a football guy, I'll give my realistic take, but I will also tell you the lay of the law and what could potentially be broken here. Um, although there is no listed penalty for the offense. List. Oh, they don't put it in the rules? Yeah, they, they basically, even by the, the handbook, mm-hmm. it's basically... Just use sportsmanship. You're not you're not allowed to do this, but just you know that went out the window a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> use sportsmanship. They don't really have a listed penalty, but I'm sure if yeah. they are found guilty of said offense, there will be some penalty. They'll be penalized. Yes, of some sort. Uh, something will happen. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins per normal at five o'clock. Jeff Calkins show daily Memphian, and then at six o'clock. Ooh, a really good one. Yeah. A great one. Some might say. Inside the NBA on TNT, yeah. former point guard, two-time NBA champion for the Houston Rockets, Kenny Smith. Hey. Kenny the Jet Smith is going to join at 6 o'clock. Nice courtesy, game. courtesy of our good friends over at FanDuel. That's nice. it's, good, it's good to have a nice little partnership. Yeah, they have, they're booking FanDuel. for us now. They, they, help, they help out. Yeah. Sometimes they give us nice little gifts. Well, Kenny has some deals for us. they gifts out there. You know, five. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a deal for us. Okay. But, you know. You bet five dollars, you win two hundred. If you're a new new yeah. user, okay. win or lose. They try to give you NBA League Pass earlier in the uh, in the off season for the NFL. They try to give you NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube and YouTube TV. Okay, Vandal's always giving back, and they even give back to me. Kenny Smith, that's will great. At Six o'clock, so that's good stuff. Um, and we'll talk just about everything around the NBA. We'll talk Dame, Grizz, of course, Ja. Of course, we're going to bring up Ja after yesterday's story with Baxter Holmes. Um, in the investigative reporting, which again, <laughs> I, I didn't really get to never discuss ends, this. Gabe. I didn't get to discuss this with you, and I don't want to spend a whole no, lot of time, good. Brad. But I feel as if it was parts of it were very unnecessary. Yeah. You know, finding you know business owners that are willing to talk bad right. about Ja under anon- anonymously. I don't think it added anything to the story. I also think that like the uh, the hip hop yeah. rap the the dispersions there were very uh, not so veiled yeah. not so veiled in their in their intentions there and then the T Moran accusations based on one person's who's anonymously sourced opinion yeah. I just find that a little weird I do think that ultimately some of the details they uncovered were 
were there was some stuff in there. There was some newer stuff in there. They were sure. topical and interesting. Yeah, I, I had a lot of Gabe Coon listeners come up to me last night. We were at Lafayette's for the Wolf. Ninety four oh, nice. one the Wolf had a concert last night. They're our sister station. Yes, you, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right around the hall. Here. <laughs> have I heard? Yes, yes I've heard. Yeah. So the Wolf is on ninety nine point seven. They had a concert at Lafayette. So I was at Lafayette's last night and uh First of all, people were talking about how great Gabe Kuhn is. So there you oh, go. Well, there, thank people you. mentioned to you. To everyone who yeah. may or may not have mentioned that. Yeah. Clay from our staff. I don't know. You know Clay. Of course I, I know Clay. Occasionally he'll meander down here to the programming side and chat with us. He said to me last night, he goes, boy, this is, you know, that the jaw thing, boy, it just keeps coming for y'all. And this is probably good for listenership. And I had to pause for a second. And I thought, I think a lot of things are good for our listenership. I That story isn't necessarily it is not good for listenership. I, I think it's it's something we talk about. Yeah. It's something that we you we, have to, you have you, to you, talk you about it. it. It was the it was the lead story on the front of ESPN last yet yesterday literally when the story came up it was the front page of ESPN. So we have to talk about it because it's the story in sports really, especially in Memphis. But I didn't consider I, when I, when I answered the question or the the comment I was just sort of I just retorted and I just said yeah, I don't think it it does much for us at well, all. Honestly. And also I, I just think. Especially here in Memphis, fans that have followed the John Morant saga, I think generally speaking, most fans are just annoyed with following him. Wherever you stand on what you think of John Morant, it is a polarizing topic. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But I think people, nothing overly new was brought to light. There wasn't another accusation out there. It's the same accusations, just adding context to said accusations. Mm -hmm. I think fans here in Memphis just grow tired of it because it's one after another. And I will say, and I said this yesterday, this isn't the end of it. I mean, this is something something that Ja has in a a large part done to himself. And when you are a young face of the NBA, it will continue to be a story. Until he comes back and writes another one. And I think Jeff eloquently put that when he joined yesterday. We'll probably talk to him a little bit about it today as well. Now, Grizzlies, off the jaw topic. Grizzlies, final preseason game tomorrow. We're going we're gonna to be off the air a little bit early, 6.30 for pregame. Yeah. Um, pass it off to Gary Darby. But we'll deal with that tomorrow. It will be at Milwaukee. We still get the Gabe Kuhn show, though. Yes, you do. You do for two and a half That's hours. That's nice. Now, at Milwaukee, uh, final preseason game. Uh, and, and we've been waiting this entire time to see Marcus Smart play, and it looks like he's planning on playing uh, in the preseason finale. And it does beg the question, what's this going to be? Right? We've seen Zaire play. We've seen all the uh, David Roddy, Jake LaRavia. We've seen Jaron play a lot. We've seen um, Desmond Bain out there. You sort of wonder who's going to go, who's going to sit. But based on the fact that you finally have Marcus Smart out there, who likely will be your starter at point guard through the first 25 games at the very least, you would think this is going to be a dress rehearsal. And with a dress rehearsal, there has been questions about, okay, who's going to be the fifth starter? Right? There's, there's options out there. There's options out there. David Roddy, Luke Kennard, Zaire Williams. I'll get to those in a second. But I think tomorrow could be a potential preview of what you're going to see opening night against the Pelicans on October 25th. That, that is, that that is my right. sense of the way that the Grizzlies are going to handle it. Is that, you know, do I, am I... Fully, a hundred percent positive. That's what's going to happen. No, they may sit, Jaron. They may, you know, they may do some things, take take a load off of some folks. But that fifth starter, 
You know, seeing Zaire in the starting lineup, if they do put him in the starting lineup, I think that could be largely telling. If they put David Roddy in the starting lineup, I think that could be telling. If I were to guess, knowing this franchise, they'll trot out their starting lineup tomorrow and they'll review the tape and be ready for next Wednesday. Yes, and it doesn't necessarily mean that whoever starts tomorrow, especially if they have a bad game, is yeah. going to start game one. But obviously there's three options. <laughs> in my opinion, like just looking at it, you're going to have Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Jaron, Steven. Yeah. Done. There's yeah, your four. Right. You're looking for that fifth. And there's three options. Uh, I'll save the, in my opinion, best for last. I think most people's opinion, best for last. But David Roddy is the first one. And I think David Roddy's a solid player. David Roddy can shoot from the outside. I think he needs to get better at getting to the rim. But he knows generally where to be on the floor. He plays within himself. I don't think he's a high-ceiling player by any stretch of the imagination. But I think he plays within himself, doesn't make mistakes, and he's trusted mm-hmm. by this coaching staff. And even if he does not start, this is a guy who can come off the bench and it feels like they're going to be pretty confident with what he can accomplish. And I think defensively, uh, more so than a guy like Jake LaRavia, he can provide more defensively. He can guard more positions. He can be big bodied. Uh, He uses, he moves his feet relatively well for his size. I think David Roddy is an option. Second option would be Luke Kennard. But here's the the thing you run into. Luke Kennard would be, you know, if, if all things were um, if you're trying to get the best offensive lineup out there uh, with your starting yeah, group, if you want Luke, shooting. Luke Kennard would be would be the yeah. option. But defense, you lose a lot with Luke Kennard. D- yeah, uh, yes, you do. You lose a lot. Mm-hmm. And considering the starting lineup with Marcus Smart and Dez, the offensive punch you get with Marcus Smart, Dez, and Jaron, you don't necessarily need somebody out there who's going to be offensively inclined. You could always use shooting. Mm-hmm. But my sense from the – uh, just sort of reading the tea leaves from this staff, what they want to do. Feels like Luke Kennard is going to be a guy that comes off the bench and gives them an offensive punch because sometimes you lose a whole lot going from starters to that second group. They don't want to lose that offensive punch by taking Marcus Smart, Dez, all these guys off the floor. They want to make sure that Luke Kennard's out there for shooting with that second group, although it is very, it's possible that he could start within that first 25 games depending on matchup. And then the third one and most obvious one that I just think is is everybody's been talking about, and it just makes a lot of sense based on what we heard at Media Day and the sentiments of Taylor Jenkins. It's Zaire Williams to me. Um, I think he's looked really good through three of the four preseason games. The confidence is showing. He's shooting a whole lot better. Last time out, five for nine from three. Um, defensively, I think he provides the upside that they talked about at media day. And this is a guy, let's be honest, they picked him number 10 overall a few years back. They want to get this thing, uh, they want want it to pan out. They want to give him an opportunity before it's too late. Because if you have another wasted year with a guy like Zaire Williams like you did last year, you're going to have to start thinking about what you're going to do with him going into the future. Um, but I think Zaire provides the things for that starting lineup that could be missing. He, he can provide a defensive upside, give you a little bit of length, a little bit of shooting, spot up. He's not going to be asked to be an offensive cog by any stretch of the imagination. He can space the floor. He's been playing more confident. Um, I feel like Zaire Williams is the answer, but I think either any of these three could be trotted out there at, yeah. at any point as a starter in those first 25. I think you lay that out really well, um, that those are the three candidates, and, and good reasons for all three. Here's Devil's advocate, because I think right. you're right about all the points you make. David Roddy today seems like a better player, though. 
uh, he's more. Th- this is this is the difference, right? Like uh, also leave, an older player, right? Well, I mean, he's a year older despite being drafted later. Let's leave Luke Kennard out here and just uh, for the sake of this conversation, go David Roddy Zaire Williams. That's fair. When you're talking about that decision, you're talking about David Roddy consistency versus upside. Mm-hmm. Consistency versus upside, possibly mo- more likely on the defensive end. So you're going to have to make that decision. And based on what we've heard from Grismidi today, from Taylor Jenkins, I think he's wanting to focus, considering they're going to have enough seemingly offense with that that starting group, I think he's wanting to focus on the defensive end. I think Zaire Williams can give a little bit more to you in that regard. Dave Roddy's not bad, but I think it's consistency versus defensive upside. And I, if I'm reading what this staff has tried to prioritize. It feels like the the Zaire decision, defensive upside, upside in general, is what they want to go. That for. feels like more of a front office move than it does a coaching move. Explain. Um, Zaire's the guy I wouldn't start if I were just coaching the basketball team. Okay, I would start David Roddy because David Roddy feels like a better defender and a cons- and night to night you know what you're getting and a, and. You know exactly what you're. You're getting a consistent player who's shown that he can be pretty consistent. I don't disagree with your sentiment. I'm just saying. But it's a franchise move to put Zaire Williams in the starter right out of the gate. Yeah, but based on what we have talked about, what we've heard from the the staff sure. from the front office, it no, feels I think you're like right. Zaire yeah. is is the lean there. Yeah. Um, and if you can if you can boost and get some consistency out of Zaire, I think I think I think I'd, I'd lean to him over David Roddy if you can find some consistency with his game. I think he's a better creator. I think he can shoot from the mid-range a little bit better, and I think his defensive upside's there. But again, it's upside. It's not where he's at right exactly. now. And I agree with your sentiment on that. Yes. Yes. There are people that are your size that don't have the upside that you did as a college player, but you were really good at being an offensive lineman. There are six, five, six, six dudes who aren't good at being offensive linemen. Move their feet better, that, they're that, faster, yeah. they're more athletic, right. those types of Your things. upside was proven to be effective, you know. Yep. So, And we've been saying this for three years on Zaire. So I think that that's why I, I hear this on and, Jason and John's show a lot, you know, because John is clearly out on Zaire. So well, I, I'm, I'm representing that a little bit here. Part of this, like, I'm not fully out on Zaire. And the only reason I say that is because I don't think last year, like his offseason was just, knee injury, didn't that's get fair. a full look, yeah. never was productive. He didn't have a great confidence. summer league. I just like visibly this preseason. Wait, did Connor he play I, summer league? No, no, he didn't. He, he didn't, didn't even play it, summer league. Yeah, no, he did not. Yeah, okay. But I think looking at his preseason games so far this year, and again, it's preseason. So you he, no, he's played pretty well this preseason. I, he's I agree. played well, yeah. but even more than that, even if the box score doesn't match what I expect him to be in the preseason mm-hmm. against some backup, whatever it is, whatever lineup he's trotted out sure. there against. I've seen a difference in movement. I've seen a difference in confidence from him that I haven't seen really in his career. Now, that's hard to just, like, poke poke at and just show immediately. Yeah. You're going to have to see it in the regular season, carry over. Um, but he's moving better without the ball. He's more confident in his offensive game and his shot. It just seems like a different Zaire Williams. And, and quite frankly, this is that moment for him. And he probably realizes he's a smart kid. Yeah. Stanford kid, right? He's, he's, he's a smart kid. Yeah. I, I think he is at that moment where he realizes I think the franchise I have is. to get going yeah. or this could be this 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 whole grizzly situation, me getting picked tenth overall will mean nothing here. I, I don't disagree with that, and I I'm sure him and the franchise are on the same page with that, and that's probably why he'll be the starter. I, I was wrong about one thing. He's the same age as David Roddy. So they're both about twenty two years old. And David yep. Roddy's a little older. Zaire his career 
three-point percentage is 20, 29, 25. Roddy's is actually a little higher. Yeah, what the difference becomes, the difference becomes if Zaire becomes the player that you want him to be and reaches even close to that ceiling, he's a better player. Than I agree David with Roddy. that. I, I don't. But know. David Roddy is right there. He's a low floor player. I think limited ceiling player. He reminds me a little bit or of Dylan high, Brooks. High floor, high floor, low ceiling. He, player. he, um, you know, he kind of reminds me of Dylan Brooks in a way because he's undersized a little bit. You know, Zaire looks like your prototype NBA player. He he does. But he looks gotta, the he, part. But yes, he has to unlock those things. Yeah, like Roddy. Forward. You know, what's Roddy? Six six, six seven. Maybe a little taller than no, Dylan. He's, he's like six five, six six. Somewhere. You sure there. about yeah, that? Positive. David Roddy. Positive. Height. Yeah. He's only six five. Yeah. Six four. Yeah. They're listing him at 6'4". Damn, he's way right. underside. Well, then you're right. I mean, if Zaire, <laughs> Zaire's five inches taller than him. I mean, some people gotta have per- said Zaire's right around 6'9", six, 6'10", six, at this point. Some have said he's taller than that even, right. I've heard. Like, he's in that Jaron still growing thing that we used to do with Jaron Jackson. He's you know? got the size and the ability to become Listen, that jumbo wing he's that the Grizzlies that have been chasing forever, but he's got to unlock it. You just got to do it. Yes, no question about it. No question about it. Now, also in the NBA today, moving off the Grizzlies, James Harden is absent for for another day at 76ers camp. And I, my one question is, I don't know what he expects to get done at this point. Does he want to play NBA basketball this year or not? Because what's going to happen ultimately is the 76ers are going to call his bluff, and if he may step up to the table, he may not. He may return to the team, he may not. But I don't think a deal's getting done. We have all these reports about the Clippers and an offer of two first-rounders and, and Terrence Mann being completely uh, moot, where 76ers, Clippers don't even want to do that. And the Clippers, quite frankly, the value he would bring to the Clippers is substantially less than the value he brings to the 76ers in this given moment. And I don't know what type of end is in sight. I don't really know where this ends. But I feel as if if James Harden wants to play NBA basketball, if he wants to be in a playoff contention situation, if he wants to win a championship, the 76ers for 2023 are his best 24 are his best option. Cuz no one else out there is showing realistic interest in James Harden. And the truth of the matter is, he has tanked his trade ability, his value to a lot of other teams because you know he's going to be a constant problem when he gets there. Is he going to come in out of shape? Is he going to be angry with the front office? Is he going to burn bridges with his teammates? What happens when, you know, he's a year rental? That's what he is right now with his $35.6 million, um, his option being used. Um, what happens next year when he wants a max contract? Do you really give it to him at this point in his career when he's lost a step, when he has his issues game to game, even in the playoffs? We still see he can be that great player from time to time, but game in, game out, he's not what he once was with the Houston Rockets. So would you be willing to take him as a year rental and then give him a max contract? There's just too many things, too many um, issues you run into if you are going to be a team that is going to take James Harden in. And I don't think anybody out there is a taker at this moment. And I want – I've said this on multiple occasions. James Harden has to realize his value in real time. <laughs> yeah. And he clearly That's does it. not latch on to it, yeah. and he has not figured it out. And that could really hurt him in the later stages of his career. I think he is a useful player. I think he is a great player. He's a Hall of Fame player. He could help a team. 
but he's got to realize the situations and pick and choose what's best for him basketball-wise at this point in his career, and he's not doing that. I mean, he reminds me a little bit of when Ben Simmons left the Philadelphia 76ers. It's like he's the same player. It's like Philadelphia consistently turns out these guys. Um, This is the third team he's demanded a trade from, too. Like, it's crazy that James Harden... You know, James Harden is his, his... James Harden loves some James Harden. I don't know if he's worth the trouble. I don't think he's worth the trouble. And is there a point to be made? Is there a point to be made about you don't have to get along with the front office to play for for a team? That's and, fair. And, and compete for championships and play for Michael 30, Jordan didn't like his front office. Play for thirty five million dollars this year and have a chance to go into the playoffs, maybe win the Eastern Conference. Now think, I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't pick them to win the Eastern Conference, but you certainly are one yeah. of the top three, top four teams that oh, could go yeah, get most that definitely. done. Yes, if you're playing and you got a good young core. I mean, you got a good young point guard. It's a good team. Just because you've burnt that bridge with Daryl Morey doesn't mean you have to burn the bridge with everybody involved with the Seventy Sixers. Right. It's just it's it's a strange dynamic, and I also just <laughs> another point to teams that you know maybe mum on the on the thought process of going to get James Harden. If he burnt a bridge with Daryl Morey, Ugh. how easily can he burn a bridge? With so you? Really, how easily that's a very can he start good point. hating you? No, that I think that's what everybody was thinking because the prime of his career was, was spent with Daryl Morey giving everything to him, giving him the big contracts. Bringing in different players, Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, all these different guys year after year to try to go win a championship, and things could have gone different if you if you didn't run into the Warriors. Let's be honest. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, Daryl Morey has seemingly gone out of his way every year of his career for James Harden. Yes, and even that relationship is completely cooked. It's it, see. He, James Harden has said it's beyond repair. Mm-hmm. If you're a team that wants to go get him, you look at that and you say, oh, if he can hate Daryl Moore, he can hate me quick. Yeah, that's fair. Exactly. And it just yeah. turned it, – it's just 10 years of, of good faith off one decision. He picked up his player option. They didn't extend him. One decision turned all those years of good faith into a complete disaster, a dumpster fire of a relationship. That's how easy it is to burn bridges with James Harden. Now, Victor Wembanyama was in action last night, and that's mm-hmm. fun to see. He's mm-hmm. seven foot four, two hundred twenty pounds, number one pick, nineteen years old. Came over from France. We get the whole thing, but he had fifteen points, six rebounds, one assist. He was only three for ten from the field, two for five from three. But then he had two blocks, and he had a steal that I just I can't even fathom what he did after that. Seven foot four, nutmegs Reggie Bullock <laughs> after a steal and gets to the rim, dumps it off. Gets a uh, dumps it off to his his big man. His big man gets fouled. <laughs> he gets to go to the free throw line. That's great. Victor Wembanyama. I think there's going to be a transition into NBA basketball, just like any rookie. And I think that in in I know the hype has been real, but I think with any guy, especially at 19 years of age, playing against pros like this, grace should be allowed. You need to give him a little bit of grace. And I think there'll be a learning curve here. But I was curious about. You know, through the process, what's the difference between him and a guy like Chet Holmgren, for example? I now see that difference. He can handle the ball mm-hmm. at an insane rate at seven foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. Can he add a little bit of weight? Sure. Throughout his career, he can do that. But everything that you want from a player running the floor, handling the ball, shot creation, getting to the rim, being tough, blocking shots, 
He does every bit of it, and he does every bit of it at a high level. I, I, it's just amazing to see what he can do. Do you think he's going to be the rookie of the year? I think that there's going to be a fight there at the top. Yep. Um, I think Scoot Henderson could potentially be a hell of a player yeah. in year one. We've already seen his offensive ability mm-hmm. um, in preseason. So I, I think he's going to have that opportunity. Um, well, but you yeah, mentioned the he's, Oklahoma uh, City, too. Let, let's be honest. Victor Wimbanyama is going to be the favorite by a, yeah, pretty, by a lens. Holmgren will be a, a contender for it because he gets a reboot. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have thought that will help him because he gets another year to crack at it because he was all last year. Chet needs to – I think he's put on a little bit of weight, but he needs to put on more He weight. is a twin. That's the truth. Of yeah. It. Because he, <laughs> bodying up against Steven Adams is a five. I just I don't yeah. think he's prepared for anything like no. that. Dealing with Clint Capella night to night, I just don't think he's ready for anything like that. Yeah. But can he block shots? Can he do all the things? Sure. Can he create? Can he shoot? Yes. He can do all those things, but – Defensive end, I'm kind of worried. Needs about a Shane. sandwich, though. In, in, the, in, in, the current, in his current form, I'm worried about him on the defensive yeah. end. Yeah. And he's got that sort of caved-in chest, too. I don't know how much weight he can really it's, add. It's actually an innie. Yeah. It's an innie chest. Yeah, there's actually like a medical term for it that Is I there? don't have off the top of my head. Our guy uh, that was drafted in the same draft as him out of, uh, was a junior, he probably could have taken a few notes from that, not putting on as many LBs in the offseason. Yeah, he could have. He could have. But he's had his way with Chet in the past, hasn't he? He's pushed him around. <laughs> yes. That's if, if that's the if, problem. If Junior yeah. can do that, I think yeah. a lot of other fives that's in the fair. NBA can do that. But we'll see. We'll see. Chet's going to have an opportunity yeah. as well. But I think it's going to be a fight between uh, Scoot and Wimby. Yeah, that's fair. And based on who votes on these things and how it comes down to it, if Wimby just mm. gives gives the people what they want, makes the All Rookie Team, I think he'll get a he'll have a substantial shot because the hype's built in, and I think people are predisposed to go vote for Wimby when it comes time to deal with Rookie of the Year. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, Tigers take on UAB in Birmingham at Protective Stadium. At Protective Stadium, yes. the new one. The new one. It's a beautiful place. It'll be 11 a.m. ESPN2, and I need to give you a little bit of a preview. Is this a scary moment? Is this going to be a tough moment for the Tigers to get over top? What do we think about coming off of Tulane, maybe an emotional hangover, playing UAB for the uh, rebooted Battle of the Bones? First time since 2012. I'll talk about it on the other side. 92.9 FM. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah. Hey, hey, records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not a rental. I own them all. Figure it out. Actually, a good song to come back to. Trophies by Drake. We had a trophy given out last night. The WNBA. How about that? Las Vegas Aces. Back-to-back champs, first time in 21 years. That's been the case. Good for them. Good for them. Becky Hammond gets her trophy. And I saw Pop at halftime, by the way. Speaking of, you know, we talked about Wimby a little bit yeah. earlier. Pop said he was trying to get ejected so he could go watch the Aces uh, deal with Liberty. But it was 70-69 uh, to 69 was the final. And uh, Aja Wilson won the finals MVP. A lot of MVP voters in the WNBA wanted her to win the uh, regular season MVP. Um, it went elsewhere, but she she got the she got her finals MVP. And have you seen? Have you just taken a look? And I know it, not necessarily big WNBA talkers on this on this station by any stretch of the imagination. But if you take a look at what she's done through six years of her career in the WNBA, it's great. Looks she great. has a chance to be yes one of the greatest ever. I mean, yes. two MVPs in six years, finals MVP, five time All Star, two time WNBA champ, went back to back. She's been unreal. Great coach. She's been unreal. Aja Wilson has been unreal. And then Becky Hammond, yeah, she, mm-hmm. she was having fun last night. Had, I didn't they, get they to had, see the uh, They had the bottles of Ace of Spades out uh, there. Yeah. They had a little uh, Bel Air. She was doing the Tootsie Roll. Looked like a little bit of fun. Was, uh, so, you know, people aren't talking about Mark Davis owns this franchise, by the way. Yeah. The same Mark Davis who owns the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, also part owned by... I think, I think Raiders fans want him to do just as good with the Raiders. Yeah, he's he's kind of missing the mark there. Like, what's going on between the two? How does one is so awesome and then one sucks so bad? Yeah. Las Vegas, the, the city of champions right now? Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, you had the, the Las Vegas Golden Knights the same yes. year. By the way, the, the Knights have never uh, lost a series in which the... Uh, what did they say? There's, there's something where... Somebody was trying to be funny, like Vegas winning all these championships at one time. You know, they won hockey, now they won this. Of course, the Raiders are not. And then now they're about to get an MLB franchise here soon. Soon to get an MLB franchise and a much improved college football team, too. So that's And well, helpful. I'll say this, though. With the Raiders, until they get rid of Josh McDaniels, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see them uh, winning any championships. What's sad soon. about the, the NFL franchise in Vegas, and I know we're talking about the Aces, so I don't want to take the emphasis of, uh, off of how awesome they are, but they did make a good coaching change getting rid of Lambeer was their first coach. Bill Lambeer was their first coach. <laughs> They got they got the right coaching right there, but like it is sad that they cannot figure it out, and they have so many resources. Like all those games are selling out, and most of the fans are you know transplants. They're either transplants or they're coming in for the opposing team. Yeah. So hopefully the Raiders can get it right. I like the arena down there. That's oh, beautiful. Well. It's beautiful. The Death Star. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
Well, arena. Oh, you mean the, the, arena. you're talking about it's the T-Mobile? Yeah. T-Mobile's the nicest Solid. basketball arena I've ever seen, hockey or basketball, because the they they built the concourses double wide. This is the thing about, and in Dallas is the same way. They instead of building the, the narrow concourses, they went for the massive concourses. Yeah. That means a lot. Yeah. But T-Mobile, last time I was down in Vegas, like they had the yeah. uh, they had a Golden Knights pregame. They get down. They oh get yeah, down they, out there's there. a whole tailgate walk right outside up of uh, New, what, York, New York. Ca- right, but yeah, New York, New York. But they got a uh, uh, yeah. Gordon there's Ramsey's a couple of restaurants Hell's, Hell's there. Hell's Kitchen's right there. Yeah. The vibes are good walking into oh, that arena because sure. it's a it's a wide setup, and then the concourses are double wide. Um, they do a great job in Vegas. If you ever get over there, uh, the college games they do there too. I have a nephew that lives in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's worth going out there for the, a lot of those tournaments they have just yeah. to see the college hoops out there, too. Well, and it's just every every damn tournament. Place. They're all there now. Yeah. All the West Coast tournaments. The Pac-12, <laughs> obviously. The WAC. Um, Mountain West. All three yeah. of those are out there. Yeah. Different times, but yes, they're all out there. Yeah. Um, also, last night, we did have uh, the ALDS. I said going into last night, I didn't give you a pick for the Rangers, so I, I was wrong. Okay, But Max Scherzer got shelled a little bit. He didn't look good. Four innings pitch, five earned runs. He's had more earned runs than innings pitch in his last two playoff starts. Um, you know, conventional wisdom told you that the Rangers were going to win that game with Christian Javier, mostly a fastball pitcher, going against a fastball hitting lineup in the Rangers. But not so conventional wisdom. The emotional response was the Astros, even down 2-0, even having lost twice on their home field, we're going to be able to mount a comeback. It looks like they're on their way. I should have known that the Astros weren't going to go quietly. They had 12 hits. That's more than game one and game two combined. Yeah. And then Kyle Tucker, who couldn't, I mean, couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat the first two games. He's 0 for 8 um, in the series before last night. He had a hit, two runs, three walks. It felt like... In all reality, for the Astros, a turning point offensively, to say the very least. Yeah, and, and the sad news uh, with the Astros is they've got Verlander game five, so they're re- they're ready to go. Well, they're going to have Urquidy, who has a lot of playoff starts under his belt with the Astros in game four, and then they then they're going then go Verlander's back to trotting out there for five. So this this feel, I, and I don't like it. Like I was rooting for the Rangers. Well, of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? As a Cardinal fan, you have to root. For well, the Rangers. but why why wouldn't you root for the Rangers over the the Mean old Astros. I actually champs. like the Rangers. I'll just go on a limb and say I like the Rangers. Well, they've spent more money, and they're actually they go, they have a hell of an effort in that new ballpark. It's so. a beautiful place. <laughs> yeah, they didn't is. want their margaritas to melt, so they put themselves a dome out there. <laughs> I got you, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. We have the uh, Phillies, and uh, they got a runner on second. It's and the uh, D-backs going on right now. Third um, inning. It's still no third score. inning. Just we just had a strikeout here. Two outs in the top of the third. Um, but still zero zero. I'm enjoying the Phillies. I'm enjoying the Phillies. I, I, you know, I don't. I think I would go for more so for the Phillies because it seems like the vibes there are a little more fun. Yeah, I, I like I like seeing the bank, Citizens yeah. Bank Park during the playoffs. Lit. It's it's kind of it's it's hard to find a better yeah better situation as far as fan engagement. I think that's fair. Yeah, but they do have those batteries stuffed in their pockets, waiting for bad moments to. So they, yeah, boy, they are vicious. All right, now Tigers at UAB. I don't think the uh, UAB fans will be that vicious. <laughs> um, but Protective Stadium, 11 a.m. ESPN2. I, I want to start with sort of the the points of this game that should make you a little bit worried if you're a Tiger fan. First of all, you come off a game against Tulane that you thought you could have won. You were up by 11 uh, going in. Uh, to sort of halfway through that third quarter, and then Tulane mounts a comeback, wins by 10, 21 unanswered points after your 21 unanswered points. You could totally envision a scenario 
Sleepy game, 11 a.m., probably not in, bunch of front, uh, in front of a bunch of fans against a 2-5 and five team. You could envision a scenario where this is a hangover game for the Tigers, where they're not as focused as they were a week ago. They've lost a lot of the hope about being at the top of the group of five. You have two losses. You weren't able to get over top of Tulane. You, you know, um, you're going to have to fight an uphill battle to be able to get into an AAC championship, which is your ultimate goal. So you could totally envision where there could be a, an emotional Hangover, and I've I've been through that before. Um, I mean, I, I I remember back in 2015, we started eight and zero, lost to Navy, went on the road to Houston, we gave up a massive comeback, and then we lost to Houston twice. As the next week, we played Temple and just got our our we got our we got stomped out yeah. because we had this emotional lull that we were just not ready to attack. We 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 felt like we had lost everything that we had fought for that entire year. We lost to Houston. Twice. That's the truth of it. So I could imagine a scenario where you could think that. The other part of this is just on paper, through three years of conference away games, Ryan Silverfield, his tenure has not gone well in that regard. I mentioned it yesterday, but in conference road games in the Ryan Silverfield era, the Tigers are 2-10. and ten. They have not beaten a conference opponent not named Navy on the road. Mm. So this literally would mark the first time they have beaten another team outside of Navy on the road. That does not bode well, generally speaking, for Memphis Tiger football teams on the round Silverfield on the road. So there is that. Now, what I will say to the positive, UAB's not a very good team. They're 2-5, and five, and, and a lot of this you could chalk up to the fact that they have played pretty solid teams up to this point in their schedule. They're two and five, but when you sort of break it down and look at the teams that they have lost to, they've lost to a good Georgia Southern team on the road. They've lost to Louisiana, solid team. They lost to Georgia, put up 21 points against Georgia, but they were on the road against Georgia. They put up a fight against Tulane, 35-23. They were in that game just about to the fourth quarter, but Tulane we know is a good team. And then their other loss comes to UTSA, Last week on the road, 41-20. to So they've played good teams in all of their five losses. Their two wins over North Carolina A&T and South Florida definitely matter. They hung 56 on South Florida. They have a decent offense. Jacob Zeno completes 74% of his passes. They have a good pass game. And I, I think Trent Dilfer, while we were kind of skeptical, <laughs> to say the least, about his hiring at UAB, I think he does have that offense uh, looking relatively good. But what does bode well for the Tigers? Their defense is tragically bad. It is awful. Their best mark, metric-wise, defensively, is their pass defense. But they're still 107th. That's their best <laughs> metric defensively. And if you just go through the metrics, they allow 41.7 points per game. That's 130th. Yeah as far as scoring defense is concerned Jeez. in the NCAA. By the way, mind you, 130th out of 130th. Yeah, I was going to say, right there. They're 125th in overall yards mm. allowed. Mm. They're also 125th in rush yards allowed. Wow. This Memphis Tiger offense has not really been the greatest. They have their lulls. They have their issues. Usually opening script to both half, halves looks okay, then they'll go into these long lulls. But if there was ever going to be a get-right, confidence-building game offensively against an opponent that has somewhat of a pulse, 
This is the week the Tigers need to take advantage. Seth Hennigan takes care of the ball. You take advantage of their lack of rush defense. Again, 125th in rush yards allowed. Get Blake Watson the ball. Hopefully he's healthy. Um, Get Sutton Smith the ball. Try to get that run game going. But this could be a confidence builder going forward. But you can't take uh, take it lightly because over the history of Ryan Silverfield's tenure, they have had struggles in these conference road games. There's no doubt about it. The Blake Watson thing is interesting. Um, you know, I was at the Tulane game, and it felt like felt like head. It felt like a head injury. That's what it felt like. Now Ryan, when asked about it, has not really approached it that way. I don't know if it's a lingering concussion of sorts. I don't. I don't know if they held him out for mm. precautionary measures or what. What yeah. have you? Um, but I think he's going to be, you know, a game time decision ultimately. Like that's what that's yeah. what it feels like based on only what four carries, five yeah. carries in that game and getting knocked out early. There's nothing. I mean, there. it got to the point where we saw Brandon Thomas run the ball in that game. Yeah. So they were down a few guys. They didn't get the ball in the middle. You know, it, it seemed like Rock Taylor. It seemed was limited. Like I thought they'd be more explosive in that game. Well, they were good at the first in the first half, and uh, especially with that opening script coming out in the second half. Yeah. And Demir Blankamsey and Rock Taylor looked very good. They both had. 108 yards. Demir Blankamsey had the long touchdown. Yeah. Um, but then as that game wore on, and this is what I just mentioned about that Tulane game in general, Tulane has guys that may not be the center of attention, that may not be the the premier pass catcher, premier running back, but they make mom- they make plays when the moment is called. Right when their number is called, they make plays. Chris Brazel had three catches for 104 yards. Um, every time that they needed a big play, 17 was there to go make plays. Yeah. Down the stretch of games, even the even the guys that are asked to make plays, the Rock Taylors, the Mere Blankamses, they don't quite make plays in those big moments. And I think they need more of that. I thought that I thought that Demir and Rock had good games, but when it really mattered, everyone sort of shrunk, and that includes mm-hmm. Seth Hennigan, that includes O line, that includes the run game. There just wasn't enough. That includes the defense. Giving up big plays, couldn't get off the field on third down, even though that's been a strong point this entire season for them. Yeah, so I mean, they just needed to, especially in these big games against the Tulanes, they're going to have one against SMU later in the year, they need to make crunch time plays. And, and that has been sort of a, a issue for them the past three years. I think Seth Hennigan stepping up would be good. I mean, a lot of people think he's taken a step back. Yes, and I th- and you've also seen like the Tevin calls for Tevin Carter. I don't know if we're there. I'm yet. not there. I'm not there yet. I, I think um, th- that Seth is a better quarterback. Seth, one thing I've I've had struck because there's two two sides to this whole thing. It's a little polarizing, where Seth Hennigan. There's some people that are just saying, okay, do away with him. Let's see Tevin Carter get some run. I'm not there. There's also some people on the other side that make a lot of excuses for Seth. And I see these excuses pop up all the time. Oh, well, Tim Cramsey is not inventive enough. Um, the run game has, has been limited. It's all on his shoulders. He makes mistakes with the ball because he's dropping back 43 times a game. Or, um, you know, he, he's just struggling in general. You go through slumps sometimes. He'll break out of it, yada, yada. The issue I've seen with him, I don't think he has regressed in any other meaningful way besides the fact that he puts the ball in harm's way more than he ever has in a, in a Tiger uniform. And you can make all the excuses in the world for him. Tim Cramsey isn't good enough. They're not inventive enough. They haven't been innovative. But at the end of the day, that has to do with ball placement, timing, everything else. And when you're putting the ball in harm's way, that's not all. You could have a, you could have a horrible offense with a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. It's very simple. 
But when you put the ball in harm's way, that in the end comes down to Seth Hennigan putting the ball where it needs to go. The one with Rock Taylor that ultimately changed the game in that Tulane game was a ball that people will blame on Rock because it bounced off his shoulder pad and then Tulane picked it off. That ball was about a yard and a half behind Rock on the sideline. That's a very tough catch to make with a corner on your back, with a defensive back on your back. That ball, in my opinion, that interception is on Seth Hennigan. And you can make all the excuses in the world, but a quarterback putting the ball in harm's way is on the quarterback. And it's, it's kind of frustrating to see excuses being made when, quite frankly, I, I don't think they're valid. I really don't think they're valid. You can be an awful, non-innovative, non-inventive offense and still have a quarterback who takes care of the ball and doesn't have those turnovers. But when it comes down to this game against UAB, you need to take advantage. You need to build confidence because this defense stinks. And then on the defensive side of the ball, limit big plays. That's what you have been bad at. Try to limit big plays. You've been decent at getting, the, uh, getting off the field on third down, minus that second half against Tulane, second half against Mizzou. But limit those big plays, and I think that they'll be in good position to go win it. Because by no stretch of the imagination is UAB scary enough to keep you up at night. You just have to avoid uh, sort of those emotional lulls. You have to avoid turning the ball over, and I think you're in a great position to go win this game. But I do think these next two weeks on the road, UAB, North Texas, tell you a lot about what you, what you have for the rest of the year. Because those are the most – I mean, outside of SMU, those are the teams with a pulse on the rest of the schedule. USF, not very good. I think they can get there with Alex Golish. Charlotte picked 14 out of 14 in this conference. Temple, still not good. So – you know, these are the two games that sort of will will sway my opinion of this team. And it's strange. Usually you get six games into a season and you f- you really have a feel on who a team is. But largely this team, this Memphis team, has played four inferior opponents. They've beat them. They've played two opponents that are top 25 teams. They've lost to them. So you don't have that middle ground of understanding who this team is game in, game out, week to week. So I think this week will be the first of two that that helps us understand where they'll be by the end of the season. Now, I think we're going to get to this conversation. We're going to get some jaw. We have a lot of things to talk about. But Jeff Calkins is on the other side. He's next on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 